0: What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. Hey, listen to the 80s Babies podcast. And on today's episode, we got
1: to put you up. Yes, for the sir. The debut album of Black Eyed Peas Behind the Front released June 30th, 1998. Yes, sir and last summer when we did our summer recap i believe we had panama featured on that episode and this was one of the albums that we brought up for the june time frame Yep. That, that we discussed and we discussed it briefly panama and i really really enjoyed this album yep and we're both surprised to learn that yinka had never really given this album any serious listen or consideration and when we were telling him how musical it was from what i recall you were genuinely surprised yep. to, to hear that because i think your understanding of black IPs would probably be more the traditional understanding now in the sense that they were a pop group and not nah. necessarily a hip-hop group not even but what was
0: your understanding so i think maybe and panama may also have some takes on this right because he i think at the time was like in texas or something like that but my view of it is a west coast view so this came out on the West Coast, Joints and Jams was was a record that they really pumped in the in the radio circuit. Okay. K.D. says, also was a record that they really tried to promote. Um, a lot of our like our dope D.J.s, like you know, were of Asian descent. Like, you know, Filipinos, mm-hmm. you know, Pacific Islanders, etc. And I think, like, those two records really resonated with them and resonated with B-Boy culture. Interesting. Um, I remember Joints and Jams, you know, being a record that was really pushed by radio. Um, I remember Ken Dog really liking Joints and Jams. Like, not loving it, okay. but, like, he would play it. And it would be the type of shit where, you know... Anybody who knows me and Kenny, like we're like very close friends, but we're almost like compare and contrast in some ways. Like Kenny's kind of a little more easygoing. I'm a little more resolute, especially with my my musical taste. And so I remember I'd come to like Kenny's crib, we'd be playing GoldenEye on N64, hey. Joints and Jams would come on and I'd be like, turn this shit off, this is trash. You really? know what I mean? Like, okay. I really did not like that song. I was like, these guys have no bars. Like, why are they trying to make us listen to this? So I think, you know, I maybe had a visceral reaction to them just based on those two records. That's probably where my not even giving this album a chance comes from, right, is, is, is that.
1: okay? I guess that kind of answers the where were you when this album came out <laughs>
0: Yup, southern cali
1: what other albums just to give our, our listeners an understanding did you prefer rather than music like this
0: man uh that's a good good question like from the perspective of what informed my musical taste right um yeah so you know around this time i'm listening to gangster rap a lot right because okay. i'm in cali So, you know, the radio is West Side Connection, the radio is, you know, uh, MAC-10, Dub C, Ice Cube, the members of that, Dog Pound, it's stuff like that. Um, And then additionally, I'm really, really getting into underground hip hop. Um, So I'm listening to a lot of albums that are from... DJs that are from from the area. So um, particularly the Beat Junkies. So the Beat Junkies had an album that came out. It got me really into Slum Village and Dilated Peoples. So I'm, I'm listening to that type of music. I'm listening to what else? There was another one that was called Cali Kings. So these dudes called the Baker Boys. Um, they, they were actually the ones that I kind of learned about Black Eyed Peas from because they had KDCs extra in their, their you know, mix circuit. Mm. They played joints and jams every Saturday. They used to have this shit called the, um, the Cali Caliente Power Mix Weekend okay. where they would have real DJs come on and just spin and mix and blend and scratch and everything like over the weekend on the actual real radio on Saturdays. And I would listen to that, you know, every Saturday, and joints and jams would be heavily featured. So, those guys were also playing in those same mix circuits, you know. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Records by Timbaland and Magoo, uh, you know. So I was I was learning a lot about different types of music through those mix you know circuits, and these records were just were not standout records to I me in, in comparison to the other stuff that was getting played.
1: Okay. Well, for me. Yeah. This came out in 1998, so this, mm-hmm. this is a summer, you know, when I'm really, really a Wu Tang fan, right? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't just listening to Wu Tang; I was also listening to, you know, whatever hits were on the radio. Right. And we talked about 1998 ad nauseum, right? Right. But also, you know, before I really got into like what hip hop really was mm-hmm. in terms of my new understanding or my more mature understanding of hip hop, mm-hmm. I was just. You know, watching MTV, watching BET, and recording music videos that were popular. So, Busta Rhymes, Will Smith, Getting Jiggy with It, what have you, right? Bone Thunks of the Harmony, this, that, and the other. And this is around the time when, you know, you go to the high school dance, you're trying to do okay. So, you got these music videos, and there's all these dancing in the videos. Well, Mm -hmm. Black Eyed Peas, Joyce and Jams was one of the videos that I recorded and was always watching Mm -hmm. because at the end of the video, they do this little beat break. Okay. And the three members, Taboo, Apple the App, and Will I Am are just doing this kind of freestyle, almost breakdancing, footwork-ish okay. dancing stuff that like to me was like so spectacular. And so yeah. I would go there and try to imitate what they did and I could never really figure it out. My footwork <laughs> is like okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? But for me, that was my real first experience with Black Eyed Peas and okay. with this album. And I dug it. My brother had the CD. Okay. So this was one of the ones that we had in rotation while we were going to and from school. That's interesting that he had my, it. Yo, my brother had a lot of different stuff. So what put your brother onto this record? Again, I mean, my brother has very interesting taste mm-hmm. when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do as well. But it's very difficult to put like any kind of rhyme or reason to what Adrian was listening to other than... <laughs> If it was popular, if other people were talking about it and he also liked it, he would listen to it. So, yo, my brother had go-go tapes. Oh, wow. My brother had gospel records. My brother had classical records. Yeah. He had R&B joints. He had hip-hop joints. Mm -hmm. He had heavy metal joints, classic rock joints, alternative joints. Uh He had a bunch of different music. That's dope. Right? Like, yeah. And so this was one of the CDs that was in the rotation. Mm -hmm. And... Like I said it was, in, it was in the rotation So it wasn't like Constant every single day Yeah But this was definitely One of the records That we would vibe out to And we liked it I mean it was mm-hmm. fun It was light yeah, It was musical true. And it was like It was just groovy mm-hmm. You know And this was at a time When you know You didn't have to listen To everything That just had bars Yeah Because you had other stuff That did have bars right, And this right. was something else on the side and despite the fact that they didn't have bars mm-hmm. they weren't difficult to listen to like there's yeah. some underground rap or there's some not even underground rap there's there's just some rap out there that just like look you're just not fun to listen to (laughs) your voice is bad like like Eminem right (laughs) Eminem we talk about that right Right. how how yes he's got bars and when sometimes when he's in when he's in his element he's great to listen to and other times he's just like dude I'm tired of this turn it off yeah but they weren't really like that to either of us and so yeah it was just it was fun it was enjoyable music and more than anything else like I was just really surprised that you had never given this album a chance so yeah
0: well now you know a little bit more about why (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah well so we're doing the put you up right.
0: and yeah let's just get your first initial thoughts what what would you think of this initial thoughts this album made me feel like if i went to watch this band live i'd be entertained okay but because of the fact that this is a studio album i'm yes. bored that's gotcha. my overall like initial take like i like i came into it and I was just like uh, yeah, you know, like Joints and jam sounds better this time um, You know, Katie says sounds better this time There's some highlights Which we, we'll go into mm-hmm. But, eh, you know Very meh So what specifically
1: had you bored? Is it the music? Is it the lyrics? Is it the combination of everything? Is it their style?
0: Man, the vocal performance is so So, so, so <laughs> mediocre Like, so yeah. mediocre That's And fair. it's just like I feel like, you know, this music it feels informed by tribe called quest very obviously sure and the roots right okay. so it's like a love child of these two these two groups that we know very well but they don't do either better than either i would agree and there's almost even not much uniqueness um there's some tracks here that i hear like an afro and afro latin like influence from yes yeah afro brazilian yeah that give me that uniqueness mm-hmm. that is interesting but the rest of this, it's like, why am I listening to this and I'm not listening to the roots right now? Why am I listening to this and I'm not listening to Tribe Call Quest right now? Like that's how I felt mostly throughout the
1: album. That might be fair. Do you feel that this is at all reminiscent of a Jay Dilla sound at all? Because you said you're oh, getting into yeah. Slum Village at the time. And yeah. to me, I'm like, if you like that sound, and if you like some of the early Jay Dilla stuff, I would think that you would like this sound as well. But I'm that's not the so, case here
0: so jay dilla's drums are so much better than the drums on this album that's one thing additionally again like i just feel like the music the format it sounds very live and i would probably enjoy it more if i were in a live setting than than what i enjoyed here okay all
1: right so should we get into the highlights
0: lowlights yeah let's let's do highlights go ahead I think that the first three songs that run is a really good run. Mm -hmm. Um, So falling up, I think the beat is fire. Um, The raps about rapping don't do anything for me now, but but I feel like in this time frame I would have enjoyed it more. Like I'd have been like, oh, they're rapping about rapping. Like that's that's, this is real hip hop shit, you know. (laughs) Um, You know, it's it's mediocre rapping, but the beat is fire. And then you go in to clap your hands. I love that original sample. I even like how they flipped it. I like how he, like, you know, kind of took the the claps and then created like a cadence that he put under almost as like a breakbeat and then put a bass line around it. I'll talk more about why I don't like it because it's also kind of a low light to me, but it's, it's a highlight. Um, and then Joints and Jams, you know, I definitely feel a lot more favorable about the song than I did back then. I love the energy about it. Their vocal performance is a little more interesting than it is on some of the other records like, you know They just have like a cool vibe and a cool energy. So that three song stretches is, is a highlight for me Okay, and then um, say goodbye. Okay is a highlight for me. I really really just love the beat Yeah, I like their energy. I like how they kind of do the whole styles and Jada like they're going back and forth type of a thing or whatever um it also keeps me from being too bored with them because i'm i'm really bored with all of them as mcs so like <laughs> that is the fair. fact that they're they're only doing two to four bars and then kicking it to their man it's like yes please kick it to your man you're not okay <laughs> and i i think that say goodbye would have been amazing live just like the rest of the album but i think this joint like you know where you had three mcs up there and they're like just you know kicking four bars a piece and the beat is going and it's crazy like that would have been amazing so that's on my highlights list Um, next one on my highlights list is, uh, Communication. Okay. I like this beat a lot. I feel like it's, it's really inspired by the roots. Yeah, I can see that. But, um, I think just from the perspective of like subject matter and the way they kick their rhymes is probably the most interesting record yet. Okay. Until I get into, um, actually I I really like what it is as well. Right. And I think that this, you know, probably has some bars to it. It's, you know... It's got a B-boy feel to it. I really love the flutes. So that, that one's cool. Uh, last two I got is uh, Head Bobs, which is interesting that this was supposed to be a single, uh, according to the wiki page. Yeah. This probably has the best bars on here. It woke me up. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, you're rapping a little bit. Like, that's cool, you know? Um, I feel like if I heard this live, I'd be like, yo, there's this group. Like, they can spit a little bit. Like, they got this live feel. Like, it's dope. Um, so I get why Head Bobs. In their mind w- was a single even though they didn't do it supposedly they, they shot a video for it and then lastly positivity mm-hmm. would be a highlight if they shut the fuck up um, <laughs> that beat you know, is crazy like, though the beat is amazing if i just had like an instrumental of that i'd be like yo this is great if i got a better vocal performance on it like that would have probably been like the highlight of highlights um but they're just annoying they're they're annoying okay like, so oh, they do well, annoy stop you. talking yeah they annoy the shit out of me um okay. so those are my highlights. What All about right. you? What are your thoughts?
1: So, my highlights in terms of the individual songs, you named a lot of them. Um, okay, but I'm before I really get into the individual songs, my overall uh-huh. highlight is just Will I Am as a producer. Okay, and I've always enjoyed Will I Am even when he went to the more pop sound. Yeah, some of the tracks that he has either for Fergie individually or just for the himself, or mm. like this record he has with Britney Spears, whoever, like yeah. Usher. I have always been a fan of Will I Am and I think he's very, very talented. Yeah. And you can really see it on this album, particularly when you go through the credits, right? Because what he's done here is he's sampled records, but he's mm-hmm. also like playing the instruments over top. And yes. he's not the only producer to do yep. it, but he does it so well. So mm-hmm. fallen up, right? Falling up, yeah. he takes a record from George Bend, who is a legendary Afro-Brazil artist and the song is called Comanche uh, from the album Negro e Lindo, which is Black is Beautiful, which I had this record on vinyl and mm-hmm. the quality of it sucks because apparently like, it's very difficult to find vintage records from Brazil that they actually kept good care of. It's not like here in the United mm-hmm. States. They don't, they don't take uh-huh. as, as good, good care of their stuff. But that is an absolutely beautiful record that he sent. like The original song is great and this song is also mm-hmm. really great as well. And yep. I think he does this several times, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. you already mentioned it on Clap Your Hands, the way he flips that sample. But yeah. another really good one is the way he does what it is, which is obviously mm-hmm. from the famous Tom Brown, Jamaica right. Funk, which is one of my favorite bass lines. I mean, that, <sighs> yeah, that's this is a really good song, but he doesn't just sample it. Like, he kind of puts his own right. spin on it. You could definitely tell. I thought it was it, interpolated. Yeah, but ex- well, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's yeah, an like they're replaying it. Yes, and I, and I right. like that because it shows it, you know, just his, his musical progress. And he's not mm-hmm. just doing one specific thing. Like, I think he's yeah. he's doing stuff with the Moog, and I think he might even be doing, like, guitar in a few places. Yeah, the guy is there a are really, men's on here. Yeah, the guy is a really talented instrumentalist. And so right. for me, like, the entire musicality of this album is really, really impressive. And mm-hmm. these are things that I didn't necessarily even appreciate at the time. Obviously, you know, I go back and I... And I I branch out into different types of music, so you know I'm really into a lot of the Brazilian sounds that he kind of sampled, and it's not just from George Ben. I mean, mm-hmm. Stan Getz and Charlie Bird. What's the record from um, "Can't Keep Running Away"? From that's Far Side, right? Yeah, Far Side. Right. That's a record that samples Stan Getz and Charlie Bird from yep, like yep. the whole Brazil samba thing, and mm-hmm. you know I, I have both of those joints, and I had there's a bunch of different records that kind of had that sound, and mm-hmm. they use that sound in several different places on this. On this record and I think that yeah you know even if you look forward to what he did his collaborations with Sergio Mendez, I mean you could tell that he always had kind of this influence and he was always you know inspired by the sound and and, and wanted to you know kind of emulate yep. that so right. that's just my overall highlight so you know when we get into the specifics I mean obviously I just mentioned following Up Clap Your Hands to me is just I don't know it's a really really dope sample really really good beat Showing mm-hmm. some jams, again, you mentioned it before. I mean, I love the video still. Like I went back to watch that today. And again, like mm-hmm. the dance moves, I'm just like, man, like I was still so doing do a lot of this stuff today. The <laughs> the character that they have on there though, it's weird. It's like, like I don't dislike it, but they are kind of corny, but I they're I so don't, corny. they are, but like, it's cool too. Like it's the kind of corny where they're not really trying
0: to impress you. They're just kind of being themselves. So, so, so I dig it. I just, I say this, right? So you have a talent show, right? Mm-hmm. The Somebody uh, performs joints and jams, right? Yeah. Then somebody comes out and performs any song on Midnight Marauders. Right. Like who wins the talent show? You the know what I'm saying? Marauders, it's just like, yeah. this is like obviously very tribe inspired, but they're just not as good as tribe. Yeah. And so it, I think that's what kind of is was off-putting to me.
1: Nah, I think that's fair I think that's fair um, yeah. So the other good tracks on this I mean in terms of beats right You know I like the movement I love the vibe of that mm-hmm. Karma is another one That mm-hmm. I, I was liking Say Goodbye you mentioned Yeah, That's a really really good track Duet I like the vibe to it It's, it's, it's kind of cool It's not my favorite on the, on the record But you're right Like Communication That's another good one And I'm curious that you didn't mention kd says, Although it's not really a highlight mm-hmm. for me But the other big highlight for me Mm-hmm. Is a eight. I really, really right. love that beat. I love like kind of the guitar licks in there and the energy on it. Yeah, um, I love the guitar licks. That's another r- really big highlight for me. So in general, the highlights of this album are you know the vibe, the musicality, and all the production work from Will I Am. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of things that I really like it. And just you know, I kind of I kind of hinted at this like the corniness is not necessarily something that's appealing but the fact Mm. that I feel like they're true to themselves and this is genuinely what they like that is a highlight for me and the other thing too is uh, I I like the skits the skits Mm. you like the skits? I I like I got it I got it I I always just I don't know I I, I listen back to them and I I don't skip them I listen to all the way through and they're just just funny to me because the other thing too is that we had to remember this is the time when you know there's a sense that like hip hop is dead, right? Right, Or that it's completely sold out now. It's completely gone commercial. Right. Every year. Yeah, exactly. And so they kind of highlight this, you know, the idea that, you know, they do the bad, bad boy. And it's like, oh, you're thinking about Mace. You're thinking about Puffy. And it's just like, yo, that's Gloria Stefan, right? So I don't know. Those are the things that I kind of dug about it. And in general, like, you know, I listened to this album last year and I enjoyed it. I listened to it again this morning and I enjoyed it. And just kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just a nice feel to it. So yeah, those are
0: my highlights. That's what's up. I can go track for track because my low light is a general low light, right? Like okay. like them as as lyricists. Um, sure, it's probably my general low light. So I'll just give you my track for track, and you can tell me your thoughts. Um, okay. So I think I spoke about a lot of them actually, but uh, following up, I just said the beats fire. Uh, they're rapping about rapping. You know, the vocal performance is very meh. Mm-hmm. Clap your hands. Love the sample. Love how they flipped it. I think they somehow created kind of a boring song <laughs> with a great instrumental. And then <laughs> I had the comments of, like, the, like, second hook that they have on the joint. Yeah. It's inspired by the song called Pussy Watch Man. It's a Too dance much, hall looky, looky, looky. song. Too much looky, looky, Too much watchy, looky, looky. Wow. Right, right. So, like, okay, they have this song about clap your hands. And then they say that, right? But it's like, where does that even fit in like what you're talking about? Like too much looky looky, too much watchy watchy. Like, why is that a bad thing? Like, are you saying that people aren't dancing? They're watching? Like, I I didn't even understand that. But I think for them as vocalists, I a lot of times don't even understand like why are you saying (laughs) what you're
1: saying.
0: so uh, Joints of Jams, uh, it's interesting that I hated it in 98 because I don't hate it now. I think it's a feel good song. I'm not mad at it. It's very tribe inspired, but the whole album is. Um, the skits are terrible to me. Uh, the game show theme is so late nineties. Like literally every single album had a game show theme hey, on, on their, their skits, right? It was just like, if you couldn't think of something to do to put between your songs, you did a game show. Like that. that's just what it was. So I, I didn't El think that Nino. I came to bring the rain. Hey, let me get my coat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. no, Whatever. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Uh, The way you make me feel, I said this would be entertaining live. It reminds me of The Roots with Zero Bars. Mm -hmm. Movement, another song that reminds me of The Roots with Zero Bars. And The Roots actually have a song called The Movement or The Next Movement. The Next Movement. That that was funny. Um, Maybe The Roots heard this lackluster song and decided to put a song that was better than that on their next album called The Next Movement. So then I said, this album is like a lackluster love child of The Tribe Called Quest and The Roots, Um, which I think it is. Um, And then then Karma, you know, I was like, Afro Latin influence, love that. The chorus is cool. Uh, The subject matter I enjoy, but the bars make me on. Sure. be free. I was so mad about this song. And then I okay. and then I had to go and look it up. Uh do you remember the song Touch It by Monifa? I d- do. Do yeah. you really want yeah. to touch it's the same sample, right? Okay. So I'm like, did they sample Monifa? Did they sample the original artist? Like, why is this like a mediocre version of Monifa? So I went and looked it up, and Monifa's song came out one month after this album came out so it seems like maybe it was just you know kind of at the same time two people had the same idea um and the people who did monifa's song it it was way better than this song so i I would never go back to listen to the song just because like like why
1: so the thing that i do appreciate about this song isn't mm-hmm. necessarily the song itself, but it's the musical direction that we see Will I Am end up going. Because say what you want fair. to say. Like fair. Black Eyed Peas made some hit records. Um yeah. I didn't like all of them, but you know, they were a really, really big deal for for a minute. And mm-hmm. I think that it's interesting to see on the same album where there's so much instrumentation. Mm-hmm. We also see kind of a glimpse of where Will I Am is going to end up taking his music, fact, and so when fact. I listen to this in a retrospective lens, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, this is this is cool. Now at the time, this is not one of the records that we listen to for precisely the reason you basically just said. It's like, eh, right, this is not a very good song, but you know, mm-hmm. I can go back and appreciate it just because I know where it's going to end up taking Will I Am.
0: That's real, and that's a good perspective. I would just counter with you know and, and again, I don't know if, if either of these people were inspired by each other yeah. but one of my criticisms of Will I am and let me preface that by saying one that I think Will I am is a genius and two mm-hmm. that I think will I am is a great musician is that I think a lot of his stuff is just really derivative like
1: like and, I, and you
0: know I think a lot of it really just suffers from that and you know here's another example of like he does something which is cool because it's outside the box. But just from a creativity perspective, like it's not original enough that we're we're going back and and saying that this is, you know, this is the thing. It's like somebody else can literally do the exact same thing and do it ten times better. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I think Will I Am's diversity is his strength, right? Mm. And we see that on this album. You know, he's he, like you said, he's doing so many different things, and it's it's very interesting that he's kind of able to go in all these different directions. This record, you know, Monifa. Is something that at the time would be compared to um, what's the the Mariah Carey with ODB record, right? Oh, yeah. Where it's like we're taking we're taking a pop record from the past and we're kind of reflipping it and making it some some nineties heat, right? Like that's kind of what yep. the Monifa thing is. And so the fact that Will Iam's brain was doing that at that point in time while he's also making a hippity hoppity, you know, B boy album is something that's definitely interesting. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, so to move forward, uh, Say Goodbye, right? I really like this beat, and I thought it sounded like The Roots again. So, you know, we talked about how I I really enjoyed how they were kind of going back and forth, though, lyrically. But I I think that kind of helped me keep my attention. And I think live, it would have been really, really dope. I got you. Duet, the hook is just like man you really like tribe like you really really (laughs) like tribe um you know and then you have like these raps about like you know just general positivity which i feel like i feel i almost feel that way about the whole album like right like it's like this general like we're about positivity we're positive yeah so
1: let me ask you so when you say Uh they sound like tribe which tribe album are you referring to
0: I'm referring to uh, "Low in Theory," "Midnight Marauders Tribe." Okay. All right. Cool. And I think I think this to me it feels very inspired by by those goblins. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So then communication. We talked about this already. You know, I said this song might be the most interesting one since the first three song run. Okay. And then what it is? Uh, we talked about this already. The the bass line and the flutes, just amazing uh you know b-boy feel with call and response i'm like then the bars come in and i start falling asleep and i'm just like why did why did you rap on this and then i put in quotes lyrically you on the level of green eggs and ham i don't know if you you've heard that but there's literally a bar that says lyrically you on the level of green eggs and ham and i'm like wow so self-reflective commentary um i, I overall enjoy this song but i understand why they stopped making rap songs That was my commentary there. Um, KD says, I I said, uh, the bass line is really dope. And that's probably the most interesting thing about it. I really enjoy their energy on this record. And I I think they're channeling the Roots (laughs) and Chocolate Quest. I think I must have said that on every song. I was like, but this is cool. A8, I said, this is very Roots-esque. The bars aren't bad, but they just don't interest me. I said, these might be some of the best bars on the album. And I really enjoy the guitars. Yeah the beat to me is really really impressive so yeah next one love love won't wait my first set thought was is that macy gray and
1: i was like oh that's fun yeah that is yeah that's macy gray <laughs> i, I want to say that this is actually one of our first appearances because oh, her, wow. debut, her debut album doesn't come out until the following year 99
0: yeah So then I said, this song sounds like a jam session where they're doing the sound check before they recorded You Got Me, and they got some guys to test the mic before Black Thought showed up for the session. And then I was like, I'd probably enjoy this live. I got you. (laughs) Um, And then Head Bob's, I said, okay, these are the best bars on the album. Okay. And I was like, I would really enjoy this in a live setting. And then I was like, oh, wait, he said, we do it from the heart like blood. So yeah, I'm going to go listen to The Roots now. Um. so yeah and then uh, lastly positivity I said musically I really love this I just wish they'd shut the fuck up so I could enjoy it the vocals stand out as annoyingly unnecessary here but I really like the track
1: you know I think that all your criticisms are very fair and yeah. the thing that amuses me most is that you're you're citing bars that I don't recognize and the reason why I don't recognize <laughs> yeah. them is because and I, and I said this last year that I don't listen to this album for the bars you know i I listen to like the hook every now and then but this is one of those albums where i put it on and i listen to it and i'm hearing your voice and it's it goes well with the track like it goes well like the melody and the tone of your voice works with the beat but i'm not actually listening to a word you say because i don't really care and that's not why i listen to this album i'm not sure if this is why like Anyone who is a fan of, like, the Black Eyed Peas early work, I don't think any of us actually cared about them lyrically. I mean, especially when you uh-huh. have someone like Taboo in the group. Mm. I oh mean, my God. I've never really understood how they kept Taboo in there because mm. he doesn't even have, like, an interesting flow. Like, um, like Apple the app, yeah. it doesn't have bars, but he can kind of flow. Like, his... Yeah, you listen to him, you're like, Oh, okay, like I, I understand why you're on the record. I've never really understood why yeah. Taboo was on any of these records. And uh-huh. I feel like even in the later projects, you see like Taboo's just kind of like there in the video and he's got like no lines, but he's just
0: like there. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, is he still in the group? I think so, yeah. Because oh, I, I want I to was, that, a, I thought it was, he was gone after a while.
1: No, I think he's still there and they've kind of gone oh, okay. back to like their roots a little bit. I don't think Fergie's in the mm-hmm. group anymore and okay. they're they're trying to be more like hip hop ish or whatever it is. I, I don't really feel them yeah. as much anymore. I but, feel like uh,
0: when they talk about like music torture that they use like in like get mode to like get people to like confess or like give them information about the Taliban or whatever, like you <laughs> could literally just strap somebody to a chair, let these three niggas rap oh, and just like that leave is- them rapping for hours. And oh, wow. Doc, I would I would give up any <laughs> secret. I'm sorry, this is why I'm not in the military, like <laughs> You know what I'm saying, Adrian? Like, you know, let me know, bro. I don't think I, I I've got it in me because if I had to listen to these guys rap for multiple hours, I would tell all the secrets. You getting the coordinates to the base? You getting everything, yo? Wow, man, that's that's intense. That's they're a, really a, bad, bad, dog. They are. They're, they're not really good. Bad. They're not good. And and
1: look, <laughs> and I said this. I said this very plainly last year when we did our recap that you know yeah. lyrically these guys are not very impressive, but you know for me this is one of those albums where like the lyrics don't really get in the way of me enjoying all the other things that I do like about it it doesn't get away the vibe Um, they're not obnoxious on the mic Mm -hmm. like there's there's a lot of folks who you know they get on the mic and i'm just like yo like you're obnoxious i, I don't get it like way. for example when we did our-, our spring recap and we were talking about tyler the creator you mm-hmm. were not as disgusted with the vocals as i was but i'm like look right. this music is really good and mm-hmm. i had this annoying voice that's just like <laughs> clawing at my eardrums like you right. know so to me black eyed Peas, apple the app taboo will i am they're not on that level now if you took away the beats and you just had the oh rap, God. I mean dude, I would probably have less patience for this group than you do.
0: <laughs> you know what okay. I mean?
1: So so real talk, yeah. I, I get it.
0: Sometimes I try to like play devil's advocate against myself to like, you know, figure out like, you know, to take another person's position, right? Okay. And so I was trying to take your position as to this record. And it actually reminded me of some of the thoughts. And this is not to call Panama out, but one day he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to come <laughs> through and, and and really let us understand his perspective. But, you know, Panama said that, that Slum Village was whack, right? Yeah. And I brought up Fantastic Volume 2 as, I'm like, do you think that's whack? And he's like, yeah, it's whack. Like, he's like, they're shitty as MCs, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm trying to think of, like... You know, maybe Panama feels the same way about Fantastic Volume Two that I feel about this album, and and you know, one day he'll be able to be come on and be like, yeah, you know, you were right, or nah, you know, I think these guys are another level of trash, which is what I hope he's gonna say. Um, but I mean, I personally think Jay Dilla's good at rapping, and I think even before Elzhi joined the group, Jay Dilla was an anchor man, you know, that that was able to to give us good bars. But um, you know, here I don't I don't get that break. Like you know, yep. there's no there's no MC that really steps all the way up. I actually think Will I Am kind of kind of holds it down on certain tracks. Well, yeah, clearly. Um, he's, as as the as the MC. Yeah. But um, he's the center he, of the group in every sense of the way. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of weird. But I mean, I guess Dilla was was that for Slum. But yeah, like even on the records where he's like kind of coming with it, it's it's, I, I'm I'm hearing like, oh, okay, you kind of trying to do the Q Tip thing. Cool. Yeah. You know, personally.
1: Well, so let me ask you, though, do you mm-hmm. think that just the the music alone, right, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, the beats, do you think that they have aged well? That's something I'm curious about. Or do you not think that it, they sound good today, you know, 21 years later?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really think they've aged too much at all. And I, and I would say that because of the fact that this doesn't sound like an album that came out in 1990 anything, right? Like, to me, it really sounds like... You know, I, I go to Cafe New York in, in in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and there's a group that I've never heard of, and they're up on stage and they're they're jamming out and they're doing songs. Like this sounds like a jam session okay. to me. Um so yeah, I, I think it, it aged well, you know, in, yep. in that way. Like it doesn't sound like the nineties to me at all.
1: You know, I think one of the reasons why I also may have a, an appreciation for it, not just this album, but other albums like it, you know, particularly if we're gonna talk about the roots and their earlier stuff, right? Like, do you want more? Because that album is very much like a jam session as well. Is it, yeah. you know, when I was starting to get into rap, you know, especially like after this, you know, when I meet Carlos mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm meeting friends from other schools and we're getting into music and stuff. Like, there would be times when we would go over to each other's houses and there would be a drum set and a bass mm-hmm. and a mic, and we, you know, someone would get on the drums. I didn't know how to play it, but you know, the guy who knew how to do that would right. get on the drums. My friend would get on the bass. Maybe someone like puts up like some keys or whatnot, and we just grab the mic and we just start freestyling and rapping. Right, right. And it is quite possible that I have such an enthusiasm for this sound yeah. because it brings me back to a very positive place Mm. when, you know, and a lot of people will talk about this, right? Like, whenever there's the you know the music documentary or the or the movie or whatever and you know the group gets way too big and every you know money complicates it and fame complicates it and people are like man i just want to go back to the basement when we were kicking it and we were smoking and we were just jamming out like i just want to go back to that place right and obviously you know my life trajectory does not parallel the, <laughs> the types of stories that i'm talking about right, right. but nevertheless you know, that idea of going back to a very yeah, simple, yeah. simple time Yeah. Um, when, you know, because my high school experience wasn't all that great. I don't have too many good things to say, but <laughs> when it came to my interactions with my friends involving music, when we were on the same wavelength, those mm-hmm. are probably my highlights from high school. Yeah. And this album just kind of echoes that entire feeling for me.
0: That's facts. That's real. And I mean, so, you know, the, again, that kind of then goes back to the Where Were You, right? like Like, it sounds like this album was paralleling you know, what your experience of music was at the time. So.
1: Well, in fairness, I didn't really start to get into that kind of sound probably until the next summer, Okay. like fully. But this is when I was starting to get into that, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, like we talked about, Black Star is going to come out yeah. after this. And The Roots comes out, you know, well, it just came out. Um, well, so, you know, this album comes out in the summer 98. Mm-hmm. Black Star comes out 98, fall roots things fall apart comes out in the spring of 99 or the winter of 99 right and then you know black on both sides is going to come out very soon shortly after all that and so this album comes out at the start but still like it still kind of takes me back to that time period and it, you know when i go back and listen to it now i'm just like i'm just kind of transported to that space right i don't have any other thoughts really do you anything else you want to leave it with or what
0: um, I feel like this, this this album was kinda boring. I'm gonna be honest. Okay. I'm gonna just leave it okay. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. Um do, I, do you feel like you wasted your time to listen to it? It definitely wasn't a waste of time. Um, you okay. know, I, I just uh I don't see myself revisiting this album. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, any other thoughts? No. That's that should do it for me. All right, we're gonna wrap it there then. Peace. Peace. That's the joint. That's the jam. Turn that shit up, playing again. That's the joint. Shit up, play it again. That's the joint, that's the jam. Turn that shit up, play it again. I like the way the rhythm makes me jump and move. It got to feeling that makes me want to do my do. Got me feel joy to my green sky blue. And when you hear a cup, baby doll, I know you. We're feeling hung, get up on the floor, start moving, son. Huh? Body parts that got brothers acting down. And they be acting down from the clip that's playing, people breaking neck from this demonstration. We about. up, play it
1: again That's the joint, that's the jam Turn that shit up, play it again Let
0: your body collide to the rhythm provided by the Mind state affairs, classified to make your Heat up and flare, I swear I serenade the soul and so beware And what's happening here, sequel to Heavenly feeling, a peace of mind Let your spine and wine, maybe in time We can stop this crime, but until then Yo, I'ma rock around I'm saying That's the joint, that's the jam Turn that shit up Shit yeah. up.